Hello and welcome to Doc to Me. My name is Heather. And I'm Kathleen. And this week we are covering I Just Killed My Dad on Netflix. I don't know why I said it's so exciting. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> just gets right to the point of what it is, though. It is a very thorough title. <laughs> There's no sugarcoating it. Yeah, you don't sit there and go, I wonder what that's about. The three-episode series dropped on August 9th, 2022, so I thought this was just going to be one of those where it's like about kids who kill their parents and exploring the phenomenon. I would love a series on that. But that is not this at all. It's just bonkers with many twists. It was a wild ride. (laughs) At the end of it, I think I even texted you and I was like, this is a roller coaster. (laughs) Yeah. So let's get into it. Episode one of I Just Killed My Dad is titled, I'm Not a Killer. Then why the fuck is this show called I Just Kill My Dad? That is quite the contradiction. <laughs> we start off in this weird barn dance hall. I don't know what the fuck it is or why it was rented for this series. 18-year-old... I think I camped in one of these. <laughs> I think I've been to weddings in one of those. 18-year-old Anthony Tomplay, which his name looks like it would be pronounced like template. I noticed that some people mm-hmm. had a hard time pronouncing the last name. It, it's what was it like t-e-m-p-l-e-t yeah it like, was oh, definitely- a template and they're like uh tom play and i'm like that's not it when that news reporter like goes to say it and <laughs> yeah, he pauses for a, a second before pause, yeah, yeah there was a very pregnant pause it was about to deliver <laughs> anyway he's walking across this huge abandoned room to sit in this chair that does not like look like it would support the weight of someone like leaning back and I don't know where they are, but if you notice, like, his glasses keep fogging over. So yeah. So you know it's humid as fuck. Yeah. I just, well, honestly, I don't like any introduction where people, personally myself, I wouldn't want to walk towards the camera and then sit down and have to, like, adjust myself and stuff. Because yeah. like, I got to suck the belly in, <laughs> you know, and the, the little pooch in the jeans and, like, all I just, I wouldn't want to have to do that. I would want to be all positioned and ready. So I felt like it was a weird open, but... You do I you? feel like we see that a lot, though. We do, especially Evil Lives Here. Oh, yeah, they always do it. I'm just like, man, just let them be comfy first, <laughs> then get at it. So, yeah, the last name thing really annoyed me. Uh, despite the name of the series, he's here to let us know he's not crazy or a murderer, and he's innocent. Uh, we all are. Then what are we doing here? Pack it in, guys. Also, We're done. I had a hard time through this whole thing because he looks just like one of my friends <laughs> you have a friend who's like 18 no he's in his 30s okay. but he looks he looks just like him and i was just like whoa so we listened to a 911 call and that dispatcher is way too chill yeah <laughs> but we are in baton rouge louisiana so maybe it's just that laid-back style she's I don't like know. this is my third call this week yeah this is nothing So on the call, he admits to killing his dad, and her response was, is he still alive? I love that. (laughs) I I mean, I get where she's going with this. You know, is there a chance that he's still breathing and all that stuff? But he's, I just killed my dad, and she's, is he still alive? (laughs) Just like, were you not listening? (laughs) And then when he's, oh, I think he might still be breathing. I don't know. I shot him, you know, three Three times. times. Yeah, he might still be breathing. I just, I shot him three times. He's like, I don't even actually know how many hit him. Yeah. So East Baton Rouge Assistant District Attorney Dana Cummings, bad name, 
mentions how she listened to the 911 call and how it's so sad that a kid would kill his parent, but weird that Anthony's tone is just so flat. And then we go to this reenactment of June 3rd, 2019 at 3.15 a.m., where the Anthony character is waiting for the first responders. So could he sound flat on the 911 call because it's 3 a.m. and he's tired? Yeah. That was my thought. And also, he just shot his dad. Yeah. It also feels really weird to have a documentary with a case that's not even five years old. I know. It was definitely... I actually, I read an article where someone was saying that it felt like there wasn't... The story wasn't completely hashed out. Yeah. And and they could have, you know, waited a little bit of time. But they wanted to get to it right away. Well, even speaking of Evil Lives Here, there was one I just watched a couple weeks ago where it was 2019 or 2020. And I'm like, guys, you gotta... This shit is still fresh. (laughs) Like, you've got to let the people be... Grieve. Let some grass grow on the grave before you start (laughs) interviewing people about this. So, yeah, it was kind of weird. The dispatcher asks Anthony what clothes he's wearing so the cops know who to talk to when they get here. How many people are on the street at 3 a.m.? Again, yeah, it's in the middle of the night in an affluent neighborhood. If the cops see someone outside, they should be stopping to talk to them anyway. Sir, what are you doing out? (laughs) Especially if it's a kid. Excuse me, teenage boy. What are you doing outside? It's past curfew. So bizarre. They walk into the house and find one loaded gun sitting on a kitchen counter. They make their way through the master bedroom and find another loaded gun on the bed. The officer says they found the victim in the hallway and then mentions how they had to get him out of the bathroom to load him in the ambulance. So I don't know. Yeah, I guess the blood. But regardless, he's still alive. Yeah, he's still breathing. (laughs) Also, am I the only one that thought it was weird that they were revolvers? I don't know. I don't know anything about guns, so I don't I know. don't really either, but I just, whenever I picture people, you know, having guns in their house and using them to shoot, I don't, for some reason, I just never picture a revolver. I don't know. I don't know. Anthony is obviously arrested and taken in for questioning. They ask him about his relationship with his dad, and he just very calmly says he doesn't like him, and his dad is verbally abusive. Yeah, he's like, we just don't really get along. Doesn't really explain why he would shoot him. But also, so sweet that he thought that he wasn't going to be arrested and he was just completely baffled by all this. Yes. He says the day was otherwise fine until he went to sleep and woke up to his dad going through his phone. His dad was upset that Anthony was talking to his stepmom because they were in the middle of a fight. Well... And he said that he didn't even find any messages or anything like that. So, like, it was just the fact that he thought they were talking to each other. Yeah, he suspected. And he was like, talking to me, but she's talking to you. Yeah. A child. Yeah. He even said that he felt like his dad just thought that he was being left out. Modern Anthony comments on this by saying his dad, Bert, and his stepmother, Susan, had separated six months earlier. And he had been trying to talk to her when he found out that Anthony had actually been talking to her. Things turned physical. Which is insane. It's like a jealous boyfriend thing, but it, no, she's being a mom to your child. Right, especially when you consider, you know, how long she had been his stepmother. Yeah. Fuck, man. So Bert was trying to punch Anthony, so Anthony ran to the master bedroom where he locked the door and looked for guns to defend himself with. That's right, multiple guns. <laughs> he grabbed two. In case the yes. first one didn't Which work. Which says that you're either that fucking terrified and or you intend to kill. Bert is banging on the door so hard you can see cracks throughout it. It's coming off the hinges. Yeah, there were, yeah, it was busted up at the hinges. Anthony opens the door and shoots his dad. 
and the cops bring up that there were windows in the room and a phone, so there were other avenues he could have taken instead of shooting his dad. But another point we haven't really brought up yet is Anthony is 17. Yeah, they like, don't exactly gonna... have all the power thinking skills. At the scene, other than the door being cracked, there isn't much evidence of an altercation, and Anthony has no cuts or bruises on his body. So he is charged with attempted manslaughter. Susan is called to the hospital to see Bert, who is on a ventilator, and on June 6th, she authorizes for him to be taking off. He had a bullet in his head and one in his chest. So, of course, at this point, the charges are upgraded to manslaughter. The neighbors know nothing about okay, this so guy. Okay, so what's crazy is no one wanted to go on camera. Not yeah. a single person wanted to be interviewed on camera. And that has to tell you something, because I can guarantee that I've never seen anyone who's been murdered where someone didn't want to be on the news for five oh, yeah. seconds to talk about them. <laughs> ever. And this is a nice neighborhood with low crime, and from what we're told, neighbors have cookouts with each other, and yet... No one interacted with this guy. Not a single person. No one to other, say, oh, he's a than, nice guy. No, the one guy said other than to say he always appeared drunk. That was <laughs> the only thing he mentioned. Yeah. That, was, that was literally the first time in my life I've ever seen someone not go on camera and say nice things. Even John Wayne Gacy's neighbors. Oh, yeah, we went over there for parties all the time. Hey, he's a nice guy. <laughs> so some neighbors didn't even seem to know that Anthony existed. It's Which is super shady. Never seen him outside. They couldn't tell you how old the kid was. And according to Susan's brother, though, Anthony seems spoiled and was bought anything he wanted by Bert. Susan talks about first meeting Bert in 2008 when a friend introduced them. Anthony would have been seven at this point, so Susan's been in his life for a decent amount of time. Ten years. Yeah. Susan's son, Peyton, talks about how once they moved in with Bert, their lives sort of became conservative. Yeah, he said that they, they weren't as openly joking and laughing and stuff. Basically, Bert seemed like a real party pooper. Which is funny, because Susan said that they got along because they both liked to hang out at the pool and drink. <laughs> and with Susan, Anthony kind of seemed like he was desperate for attention and positive feedback and... Yes, she said she was scared of him. I was very confused by that point. It was weird. And her crying about the husband dying and stuff. What? Yeah, she's very confusing. And when Bert was around, Anthony would just stay in his room. And it's just so confusing how these two are described. They talk about things that make it seem like Anthony was being abused. And then they talk about how Bert loved his son and spoiled him. And Anthony always had no emotion except for hating his dad. It's just like, which is it? Yeah. It was very confusing. And even in the police interview, Anthony is just very matter-of-fact about what transpired and doesn't show any sadness, but that could also be shock. Exactly. He's, you know, 17, and it's middle of the night. And then something weird comes up in that interview. Anthony doesn't even know his birth year or his home address. I could not believe it. I was are you fucking kidding me? 17. My... Eight-year-old could have told you her birth date. Kindergarten. Oh, I think he knew the day. He didn't know the year. How do you not know the year? And her address. She could tell you her address. Come on, guys. It's, yeah. Jared Ambo is a defense attorney who gets into contact with Anthony, and all he knows at that point is what's in the media, which is basically this kid shot his dad. Was it self-defense or straight-up murder? And from what we've heard so far, 
we don't even really know because again we've been given two different descriptions of these people the one thing i really don't like about this documentary is that they will have these people talking for 30 seconds to a minute about really important stuff in the story and then finally put their names up and how they're connected to the story so when you're typing up notes it's really fucking obnoxious you gotta like go back God, because, yeah, the first couple of times I'm like, okay, well, what was their name? So I'm going back, going back, going back, and then they're not on the screen anymore. Did they not say their names? And then finally, really far into it, like, oh, my God. Yeah, I would I would have, who the fuck is this person again? And we'll like, get into it later, but they also go back and forth with the timeline. Like, yes. really bad. This one is really bad about it. Yes. But I do enjoy it. I do want to say that. I enjoyed it. I, I watched it twice. <laughs> So anyway, next up is James Tennyson, who has been Bert's friend since they were teenagers. They're such good friends, and he considers Bert a brother, but he has no idea what Bert does for a living. I was like, what the fuck? They've literally been friends so goddamn long, and he doesn't even know what he does. How does just, that not come up knew, in casual conversation? Just knew he had a lot of nice things in a nice house. Why are we talking to this guy? <laughs> And his whole, you know, I love you, brother, and all that silly. No, you are not brothers if you don't even know what the man does to make money. Yeah. What the fuck? Also, the subtitles during this break between James and then back to Susan just says grim music plays. Which <laughs> made me laugh, because yeah, I'll give it to him. It did sound grim. <laughs> Susan, by the way, says Bert was a project controls engineer that was making $100 an hour don't know what that means but i will be looking for the qualifications up for that it sounds fucking bonkers that anyone would be paid that much for a job considering minimum wage isn't even a tenth of that amount (laughs) god james comments on how anthony never wanted to hang out at the pool or at barbecues with him just wanted to stay in his house playing video games you know like a fucking teenager yeah oh my god that's like my kid (laughs) What teenager wants to hang out with their dad's friends? But then James ends with something that should definitely be stated, especially if this could be a domestic violence case. Quote, you never know what goes on behind closed doors. Especially when you don't know your friend's occupation. Yeah, your best friend, your brother. For life. And then we're immediately told that Bert had eight cameras on the outside of the house. Is it just me? Does that seem excessive? It's excessive. And also, it made it seem like there were cameras inside the house. The, yeah, but then they never Susan, talk about that. Yeah, Susan herself said they were everywhere except for inside the master bedroom, yeah. which makes me think that there are cameras inside the house. Yeah. And so then I was wondering, okay, where's that footage? But also or... watching the footage, let me just say that that's basically what my ring camera catches, me just going out with my saggy boobs and flip-flops <laughs> you know, slid on over my, my socks or whatever, just going to check the mail. And yeah, but then later when you learn more about the story and then they're showing that, oh yeah, it's just, it's not as normal as you think it might be. Him in his underwear, scratching his ass. <laughs> and that really weird staged hug thing that was going on. Yeah. Like, did I, anyone else think that? So yeah, I thought it was a bit excessive, but then again, I only have one, and that's just to keep an eye on fuckers trying to steal packages. I, again, only have one, (laughs) and I regret it because my husband sees all of my Amazon purchases now. (laughs) Next up is Elena Fennel, which... Again, nice name. That's a good name, especially because she works at a nursery. Fennel. She was Anthony's supervisor, 
at the nursery. Nursery is in plants, not a daycare. She comments on how she felt that she was like a mother figure to him because he didn't seem to have that in his life. They kind of discussed the job interview, which was really weird. Bert asked Scott, the owner, if he would hire a son. And the guy's like, I don't know him, but let's all have lunch together. We could figure it out. And then basically, Bert just took control of the interview. Answered all the questions. Yeah, and didn't give Anthony a chance to talk. Elena talks more about how Anthony seemed really sheltered or maybe neglected. He wasn't normally allowed outside of the house, though. She was like up top and he was what? <laughs> didn't even know what I, yeah, he didn't even know what a high five was. And then the excuse everyone kind of agrees on is, well, he's homeschooled, so there's no reason for him not to know what a high five is or who his grandparents are or his birth mom's name or his address or date of birth. Yeah, you know, it's like the, you know, owner is just, oh, well, you know, we've had homeschooled kids and they can, they can be a little weird, like socially I and stuff. And like, I was homeschooled. <laughs> and I mean, come on. It's a lot. And then it turns out he wasn't even really being homeschooled at all. There's no proof he was being taught. No. And the cop being, well, can you read and write? And he's, yeah. But there's more to an education yeah, than being able basic. to read and write. Okay. And at this point, it's not even red flags. It's just like giant red banners. Elena is an amazing co-worker, by the way. She's taken notes of all these weird things. And then once she hears about Anthony shooting his dad, takes charge to get him help because she knows that shit doesn't seem right. And he's not just some rich brat who got mad at his dad and took revenge. She gets into contact with Shayna Landry, who is a DNA genealogy researcher. Okay, am I the only one that... She looks so cute, and then the... Was it a reenactment, or was it actually her? Because I was, this face doesn't match up. But she's trying to find out where Anthony's mom is, because if she's alive, she might want to know that her son shot his dad. He's in jail. The facility Anthony is at doesn't allow outside visitors in, so she can't get his DNA... And he Which has, seems weird because it's not like some kind of constitutional right to be able to have visitors. Well, I would think it's like one of those phone call. I don't know. You have to put them on the list. So if he doesn't know these people are trying to come in and see him, oh, that makes sense. That makes sense. Or okay. even if it was a juvenile facility, a parent would have to, a parent or guardian would have to set up the list. But his only parent, parent guardian is dead. Is dead. Yeah. I don't know. I sing songed it. I don't either. Well, why did I say the name of the movie so cheerfully? Or the series? Uh, and he has no, no social media footprint, so she can't look at his friends and track it down. Yeah, which is crazy because he's 17 and most kids have some kind of social media at 17. She decides to look into Bert's history and discovers criminal records. Uh-oh. Turns out dude was violent with many arrests for assault. She does like a white pages search where it just shows the people associated with somebody and finds a one young woman named Natasha, which she has an interesting spelling, so it's kind of easy to find her on Facebook, and just messages to ask if she knows Anthony. And she super does because she sends back a missing persons flyer from 2007 for her missing brother, AJ. Which I, I was just like, what the fuck? What the <laughs> fuck just happened? What? What? So now we might have some idea of why they would make this documentary. Yeah. <laughs> Fucking nuts. 
Teresa Thompson is his mother, and she's showing around her backyard and talking about how Anthony loved playing outside among the trees, and which is so, gardens. so heartbreaking after we've been told that for almost 11 years, this kid wasn't really allowed to leave his house. And I thought it was so sweet. He was working in a nursery, and she yeah. was saying that he was growing all these plants and stuff. Aww. Ingleside, Texas, which is near Corpus Christi, is where Teresa is living. When she first met Bert, she was going through a divorce and had a 9-year-old and a 12-year-old to take care of. She was working full-time at a restaurant when Bert rolled into town from Baton Rouge, and she was his waitress. Teresa's mom, Patricia, is delightful. She didn't like Bert right away because she felt his smile was fake. <laughs> I loved her. <laughs> Bert got a job in Houston and asked Teresa if she and the kids would move with them, and she said yes. And, of course, once they moved away from her family and support system is when he changed. He's really into cocaine. And just one of those assholes who doesn't understand why she would pay attention to the kids and not him. You've been watching Evil Lives here. You've seen. Yes, that whole jealousy over the attention that children get. I'm sorry, do you need me to wipe your ass? No? Okay, then I'm going to go back to the kid that does need me to wipe their ass. Yeah. So... Yes, he is an asshole. He doesn't care if she's pregnant. He'll still beat the shit out of her. He's a great guy. So sad he's dead. In 2002, after yet another beating, he runs off with Anthony for the first time and doesn't even get arrested. They even played the 911 call when she's, he took the baby. And I thought that it was the kidnapping or whatever. He's not a baby. And when she's like, how old is he? Or like, how old's the baby or whatever? And when she says, I was, oh shit. And he somehow, he's a repeat offender. He talks his way out of it and doesn't get arrested. So needless to say, Teresa doesn't have a lot of faith in the police. We jump forward to 2019 where Anthony's charges are again being upgraded to now second degree murder. Which is crazy when the shit about this being a kidnapped victim has already come out. Maybe just take a pause on the grand jury for a minute to get more information. Especially because he's a minor. Let's find out what all happened while he was, you know, being held hostage. Yeah. So since the charges are upgraded, he gets moved into the adult system. Then we go back to Houston, 2006. Bert, who is not at all suspicious says that they should get life insurance policies. And Teresa is just being stubborn and refuses to do it because she thinks Bert would just kill her and take the money. Absolutely no idea why she would think that. Dude. <laughs> that red flags no matter what. <laughs> you want you want what? You want you want to take out a life insurance policy on me? Um when you've already been violent and tried to steal my child? Pass. And she starts leaving notes hidden all around the house saying, if I die, Bert did it. Like how she left one in the oven? Yeah. <laughs> you don't um, use the oven? Yeah, we're not cooking? That's a fire hazard. And then one night, a friend of Bert's comes over to tell her she needs to leave because Bert hired him to kill her. And he doesn't go to the cops first? I was so, he was like, I'm not going to do it, but you need to leave. And I was confused about it. He was like, you don't have time to do any... Just what? Go to the police. This dude does not care. Who knows that he's a piece of shit to the point that he's beating her in front of his parents. And his parents are just, well, we're just going to leave then. You guys aren't getting along. <laughs> Making it really awkward. So she's forced to live, leave Anthony behind. And she runs away back to Ingleside. 
back to 2019 again really hate all this jumping around because it is just back and forth back and forth whiplash a judge agrees to lower anthony's bond amount so he can get outside counseling which he clearly needs and also he really isn't a threat to anybody yeah, they put like an ankle monitor on him, and he was okay. only endangered by one person. That one person's gone. Yeah. So, what is there for him to? Susan is there to meet him when he's released, which makes no sense. When earlier she said she was scared of Anthony, and she was crying about him killing her husband. I was just what? Oh, and when she was, he had tubes coming out of every hole. I hate when people say that because ew. But <laughs> that's what I'm thinking. You could just say, you know, there were tubes everywhere or whatever. You know how to say they had tubes coming out of every hole? That's not how it is. But yeah, out she of was his like ears out of his butthole, <laughs> his anus. No, but you don't have to like a noose. <laughs> <laughs> I forget what that was on. Vagina. <laughs> but seriously, and also, what the fuck? She's meeting him to pick him up. He killed her husband that she's crying over. That's very confusing. I didn't get it. I didn't get it. Teresa feels like she should just leave him alone for now because she's basically a stranger to him, and he had grown up thinking she was just some junkie who abandoned him. So she realizes, like, this kid's dealing with enough. If he wants to meet me, he can come meet me. Not a big deal. So right now, all he has is Susan and her son, Peyton. Early 2007, Teresa needs to go back to Houston to get Anthony. So she goes to the house and no one is there. She gets a lawyer and is able to secure a protective order against Bert. They have a court date for a custody hearing and Bert doesn't show up. But she tracks him down to Baton Rouge, Louisiana at Bert's parents' house. So she goes to the courts there, shows him all these court orders from Texas, and they force Bert to hand over Anthony. Don't get comfortable in 2007 because we're going back to 2019. (laughs) (laughs) We're time traveling. Oh my god, it is just all over the place. A little while after Bert died, Susan is going through things and finds a folder that she probably should have found sooner. What was it labeled? Like, family papers. Oh, was it family papers? I thought it was, like, something like, um, child papers. Something like (laughs) Some kind of weird that you're not going to just glance at. In it, she discovers that eight months before she met Bert is when he kidnapped Anthony. And all this time, Susan thought Teresa was dead. There's copies of police report and handwritten notes he took while stalking Teresa. Like, why would you keep any of that? memories he was he just never got around to scrapbooking it so yeah in 2007 teresa and anthony are living in a trailer with a field and woods behind it and she felt safe enough to let anthony play outside but little did she know bert would hide out in the woods spying on her like a fucking horror movie fuck the woods oh my god and no idea what this dude told the cops, but whatever it was, they felt he had the right to his son. And one day while Teresa was out of town, one cop one cop showed up to the door and said he needed to take Anthony to his father. Now that's the last time Anthony is seen until 2019. I, that's so insane. The cop just didn't ask any questions. Just okay. Yeah, and his mom doesn't have, you know, millions of dollars to keep hiring lawyers yeah. and going to court and driving all around the country trying to find her kid and get him back, even though she has custody of him. Yeah. It's like that one lady and said. And it's also this whole thing of states not talking to each other and 
and abusive spouses using the you know system. the court system and their children to get back at the the spouse that they're beating like yeah. So the initial court case for custody was in Texas, and once Teresa won, Bert wasn't happy and filed for full custody in Louisiana, where it was granted to him. And this is happening in 2007, and states aren't talking to each other. Yeah, this is... I can remember 2007. When you hear about, like, the serial killers of the 70s and 80s and different cities and counties not talking to each other, yeah, that happens. Yeah, you know... 2007? We got internet! Internet! (sighs) It's... And it's also literally the next state over. That's what's even more frustrating. (laughs) He has all these arrests for assaults and a state that has granted full custody to the mother in Louisiana just doesn't look into that. How the fuck are you giving this kid to one parent in one state and the other parent in another state? Like, what the fuck, guys? Get it together. Now the whole thing is, well, technically, Anthony wasn't kidnapped. It was all worked through the courts, which is insane. So this piece of shit knows I can't physically abuse this woman anymore, so I'll just emotionally destroy her by taking her kid, and there's nothing she can do because she doesn't have the money to keep fighting me in court. So fucked up. Yeah. He obviously doesn't give a shit about Anthony. He just wants to do whatever it takes to make make him feel like Teresa lost, which reminds me of crime in sports where they talk about, it's not about me feeling good, it's about you feeling bad. Yeah. Which is exactly what this situation is. So, oh my god. Getting the DeLorean. We're going to 2020. Defense is having a mock trial and it's not going well for them because there just isn't any evidence of abuse against Anthony. There's no medical records that would indicate it or even any police reports despite the police constantly being called out to the house. But also, he didn't even go to the doctor ever, did he? That was, yeah. There's no medical reports because... He never went to the doctor. Which, that should be a sign of abuse alone. That should be alone. a red flag. Like, yeah. You're not taking him for checkups? Yeah. Like, if I didn't take my kid to get, like, an annual exam and shit like that, like, that would definitely be a huge thing that, you know, CPS would, uh, your kid doesn't go to the doctor? What the fuck? Yeah. Yeah, I was Because like, you know, the biggest indicators when people are abusing their children, they take them out of the school system, yeah. and they don't take them to doctors. Why? Because those are mandatory reporters. Yeah. And we see why nothing happened. Susan's son was fed up with living in a violent home, so he called his dad and said he was done and wanted to go live with him. So his dad calls the cops, and when they show up, they want to interview Anthony about any abuse, and of course they're asking him outside of the house, right in front of the many, many cameras. Yeah, I'm not going to say shit. You're uh just going to take him back to his dad, and he's going to get his ass kicked. Yeah, so of course Anthony's going to say, no, there's no abuse abuse here, because one, the cops get called all the time, and they never do anything. And two, since they don't do anything, whatever I say, my dad will know based on the cameras. Which is so crazy. (sighs) Six months before the shooting, Bert was once again beating on Susan, except this time he also threatened her life. And just like Teresa, she didn't feel safe taking Anthony with her. So she left alone. She did file for a protective order against him, but of course, the courts never investigate if the kids in the house are really safe. No. It blows my mind. I will never understand that logic. He obviously has anger problems, and if she's not there for him to beat on... Who else is he taking out on? Where is he going to unleash the anger? I, I don't understand it. So Susan leaves, files a restraining order, and even posts a copy of it on the Nextdoor app for the whole neighborhood to see. I just gotta say that I love Nextdoor drama. I, so. Yeah, I didn't expect Nextdoor drama to be in this. Oh boy. <laughs> <laughs> We're getting real. Bert by now is just fucking losing it. 
He's drinking more, constantly high on cocaine, buying more guns, and leaving them loaded all over the house. So now he's just getting more and more scary. Oh, he loses, all of his neighbors now know that he's a wife beater. <laughs> he loses his job and is $80,000 in debt. And Anthony is aware of his dad losing his grip on reality because Which, he's stuck in the house How do you get dollars in debt when you make $100 an I hour? I don't know. Like, what? He's spending it on booze, cocaine, guns. That stuff's cocaine not cheap. is expensive. Guns are expensive. You've that seen too. the Atwood ads. I've noticed since um, Uvalde, they haven't been showing guns in the ads. They've slowly started showing knives, though. Oh, those scare me just as much. <laughs> But I was like, good call, guys. You're in the room. Yeah, I don't like sharp things. (laughs) So years and years of abuse, and now he shoots his dad? Yeah, he had to have known his life was in danger. Yeah, especially now that his stepmother is gone, and there's no one there to protect him. he can't call the cops because they've never helped, and he can't run away because he's a minor. They'll just drag him back. His dad was clearly spiraling after Mm -hmm. Susan left, and, you know, it, it, it reached a peak, and he did what he and had when to you're in abusive relationships and you're around stuff like that you know when they're being triggered based on their mannerisms right so and he, he could had tell to have known that yeah he you know obviously lost his fucking mind after susan left and it was just getting worse and worse and worse yeah, and he was just like okay this is it yeah and you start losing all that control on stuff jared ambo his attorney talks the case over with the district attorney's office and basically just lays out the entire defense case which that's brave to do. Yeah. And the testimony of Susan and her son about the abuse that happened in the home. March 1st, 2021, Anthony is allowed to plead no contest to neg... Fucking hate this word. Negligent homicide. Negligee. Yes. <laughs> Negligee homicide. He is sentenced to five years of supervised probation with credit for time served. Part of his probation, he has to get his high school diploma, attend counseling, and find full-time employment or education. Which is amazing. Those are things he should definitely be doing. And doesn't it get expunged from his record after... Yeah. That's yeah. What my next sentence. If he meets all the requirements, his criminal record will be expunged. Yeah. He's starting over. Whole new life. And I guess the prosecutor was, yeah, we're giving him this chance. He fucks up. That's it. This is the easiest thing you gotta do. Yeah, just get your shit together. I don't know a better chance they could have given him. And he was finally able to go down to Ingleside to see his mom, aunt, and grandma for the first time in over a decade. It was so hard to watch. It was awkward. And Teresa even says, I just hope we can be friends because it's too late for a mother-son relationship. So, that was yeah, sad. Yeah, he's an adult now. Yeah, it just, it was, it was awkward. And I'm sure it's just that whole youth awkwardness and everything like that. And also just the whole cameras being on him and stuff. Well, and because he's been having to keep his emotions just bottled up for so long that he doesn't know how to show emotions. Oh, exactly. He's just, it's just, he's been sheltered. And I really hope he gets to just have a normal life and we never hear from him again. Exactly. I have high hopes. But yeah, that was the end. Again, not at all what I was expecting out of this. No, it was wild. <laughs> the whole, Especially when the prosecutor in the beginning is just, he's a monster. He had no yeah. emotions. And then at the end, she's... Well, even the middle, she's like, yeah, I understand the abuse, but he did shoot his dad. Yeah, it and was then just at like... The end, she, I feel like she didn't make that choice. Somebody above her made the choice. So now she's going to act like, yeah, that's fine. 
Yeah. It was just so weird. It was just, and then Susan in the beginning, and then at the end, and I'm just, what happened here? <laughs> Everyone has changed. It was just, what the fuck? But yeah, Susan be like, yeah, I'm scared from him. And it's, why weren't you living there anymore, Susan? Oh, he beat you and threatened your life, but yet you're scared of the kid? Yeah, I'm like, very confusing. What the fuck? It was so weird. But we did enjoy it. I feel like we complained a lot, but... <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, like I said, I watched it twice. It was definitely just like, what? But it was an interesting one. I like yeah, the ones like, that kind of are just total mind fucks. Yeah, because it's as soon as they show the flyer of this missing kid, is like, what? Yeah, I like a little unpredictable in my in my documentaries. So I was just, oh, this isn't going to be just like your basic... I was going to be like, here's a bunch of kids. Are they assholes or no? But no, it was just one kid with a weird background. That poor kid. Oh, he's living with Susan and Peyton. Yeah. I thought I thought that was sweet. <sighs> well, that's it. Maybe we'll be back next week. Eh. I don't know. Everything's on fire, it feels like, right now. <laughs> it's fine. It's fine. We're fine. <laughs> All right. Thank you for listening. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to Talk to Me. The opening music is by Twisterium. For comments or suggestions, we can be reached by email at talktomepod at gmail.com. Find us on Twitter at talktomepod and find a link to our Facebook group in the show notes. Thank you.